Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Kei te whakaronga mai koe ki tō tātou au horihori ki te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. This is Our Changing World on RNZ National. And now, we're about to meet... Trevor the Caterpillar, and Julie the Dragonfly. They're the creations of the Biomimetics Lab at the University of Auckland. Lab Director Ian Anderson has a simple motto. Looking to nature for inspiration, for engineering inspiration on how to, how to do something better. Ian has featured on the show before with a side project of his, Tanifa, a world-beating human-powered submarine. And there's a link to that story and video on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. But anyway, when Ian and his students aren't refining submarines, they tackle a different kind of engineering challenge. The aim of that research is to produce flexible, soft, rubbery-like printable robots that don't require any conventional electronics. So how do you go about doing that? Uh, well, you start by making it with your hands. We're moving to the printing stage now. So um, basically, operationally, it means uh, lots of trial and error, lots of experimentation, things that you make that break after a few hours. Which is why everything we're going to look at today is broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It has to last long enough to do a demonstration of what, where you're going. But I mean, like everything in, in engineering, I'm like with the Edison's first light bulbs, it took a while to get a filament that would work for a substantially long time where you could have a useful light bulb. So Marcus, the kind of robots that we're more used to, describe those to me as compared to what it is that you're trying to get to. If one talks of robots, uh, our imagination is usually we have those humanoid systems which work closely with us together, but reality looks a little bit different at the moment. Uh, Most robots are in production processes and are big, powerful machineries which require hard materials like steel and aluminium. So for everyday life, those materials are not very suited for interaction. And if such a robot touches you, you can get seriously injured by it. And we think a good way forward would be to use soft materials like silicones and rubber to replace um, the stiff parts in the robots. And the main issue at the stage of development is that all electronics which are used today are made of silicon and silicon is a stiff material and with our research based on the invention of the dielectric elastomer switch which we also call artificial muscle it can work as actuator as artificial muscle but uh, Ben O'Brien discovered that we can use the same structure to switch charge on and off so it's actually more or less like a switch a soft switch made of silicone and carbon. And we can integrate those switches in our artificial muscle structures and enable basic computation processes. 
which we can then assemble to more complicated digital logic units, which then can drive our robots without any conventional electronics at all. Basically, a dielectric is a material that does not conduct electricity. So now imagine you've got a, a rubbery sheet of material that doesn't collect, conduct electricity, but then on, on the two surfaces, the top and bottom surfaces of this sheet, you, you put a stretchy electrode, something that does conduct electricity. Now you can do stuff with it. You can put a little chargey signal on there, and you can use it to sense how much the sheet's been stretched by. And this is what um, StretchSense is doing now, making stretchy sensors. And uh, you can also put lots of charge on there. And if you put lots of charge on there, electric charge, it turns into a muscle-like uh, device that actually um, changes its shape. Third big thing you can do is you can stretch it, put charge on it, then when you relax it, you push the opposite charges apart and you squash like charges together on each surface and you now turn mechanical work into electrical energy. Now you can harvest that. You've got a generator. And uh, StretchSense is actually uh, making both stretchy sensors and dielectrical elastomer generators. And that technology was developed in our lab. And the other thing you can do, is, which you've described here with the switches, is essentially if you now put a little conductive track on the surface of, of the dielectric, you can get it so that when you stretch it, it stops conducting electricity. Relax it, it conducts electricity. Stretch it, it stops conducting. So now you've got something that acts like a switch. And the really interesting thing to do is to um, use the switching mechanism to power the muscle with where you're putting lots of charge on the opposite surfaces. And then you can build these really interesting devices using the muscles with the switches. Actually, what uh, Ian just described is a main advantage of dielectric elastomers over most other materials, and it's so-called multifunctionality. So we can use it as actuator, as signal processor, as sensor, and it can also generate power. So we can use that material for reproducing all the components, a classic stiff robot. Um, so we uh, build robots which can crawl and flap their wings, like uh, our Trevor the Caterpillar or Julie the Dragonfly. So Trevor the Caterpillar, describe it to me. It's a sort of hand-sized creature. <laughs> yeah, so Trevor the Caterpillar uh, actually consists of a stiff body skeleton. It's made in our laser cutter. We just cut that skeleton out of perspex. Then we stretch the dielectric membrane and glue it onto it. And then we apply Trevor's um, artificial muscles. He has six muscles. And three of the muscles also have our dielectric switches. And as soon as we feed some electricity to Trevor, which uh, he eats through its feet, <laughs> it starts moving its muscles and crawls along a track. And the um, interesting thing about Trevor is Trevor only gets a DC voltage and generates its oscillating movement just by using his artificial muscles and neurons. Biologists do not really like us saying that, but we, we think we have an artificial central pattern generator. It's more or less a signal processing unit in biology. Now, I'm an engineer now, I'm not a biologist, but all living things have uh, nerves and muscle combinations, uh, neural ganglia, 
on muscles that um, operate more or less autonomously. They have a pattern. They might have like a, a, a frequency of operation. And there's a, also a sequence of muscle activation that, that results in a useful thing. Like it could it result in, say, the contraction of the gut to push bowls of food through. Or it could be a, um, the flapping wings of a, uh, an insect. But uh, essentially, um, it means that the central nervous system doesn't have to do all the thinking. You've got this separate unit which uh, operates almost autonomously uh, without direct instruction from the brain. And so um, uh, what we've done here with Trevor the caterpillar is we have, to some extent, mimicked that activation by having rubbery muscles which are sequentially activated by some sort of very primitive nervous system. Uh, And in fact, we're, we're we're not talking about nerves or neurons. We're talking about just stretchy bits of electrode that turn charge on and off when they're stretched. But put together, you've got an autonomous system. It doesn't require a brain. It cycles through at a, at a given rate, and it works. It crawls or it flaps its wings. Which brings us to Julie the dragonfly. Yeah, that was actually an event uh, last year, shortly before we went to a conference, because some of my colleagues made fun on Trevor, because Trevor is actually... Uh, pretty slow. So we decided, okay, we need something else which is a little bit more impressive. And we always had that idea that uh, those muscles are probably quite well suited to work in a uh, in a wing-like structure. So I, I told Ian, yeah, well, let's uh, build a dragonfly. And Ian told me, yeah, well, that's a good idea. And then it took us uh, quite a while to design the rings right and at some point we were standing in the lab and applied charge to the muscles and the dragonfly actually flapped its rings and that was a point where we all got pretty excited and then we used our dielectric elastomere oscillator which is actually the thing which makes Trevor run and placed it next to the dragonfly and made the dragonfly autonomously flap its wings. And when we saw that ring flapping the first time, um, we were quite impressed by the pure amount of stroke it did. And yeah, now we have some students working on designing uh, flapping ring structures which work fully autonomously. So it flaps well, it doesn't actually fly though, does it? I would say we are still far away from making it actually fly, but that probably um, will come with um, better production technologies we are working on at the moment. Now, there's another structure that we got on the table there, Marcus, that looks a bit like the tracks that you get on a tank is what I'm thinking of. Obviously, just hand-sized again. What's that object? (laughs) Um, That's uh, our first fully silicone structure. As I told you before, uh, Trevor has that perspex skeleton and so far a big problem with dielectric elastomer actuators has always been that you have to hold the membrane in place and you have to strain the membrane a little bit otherwise it just does not work and keeping that membrane strained and in place everybody so far used stiff materials like perspex And that structure that we see on the table here is actually a silicone skeleton. So you can take it and you can fold it up and down and squeeze it. It's um, oh, it's very soft, isn't it? You can you can stretch it. It's uh, actually uh, more or less a soft 
skeleton. And then we applied our artificial muscle uh, to that soft structure. And that muscle makes our silicone skeleton bend in such a way that it uh, only bends in one direction. So if we apply a voltage to that structure, it changes its shape. And then we can use it to make a crawling device or we can embed it in our dragonfly and make the rings flap. And that is more or less an the first demonstrator of a fully soft system which does not embed any stiff materials at all. There will always be a place for, for hard robotics. I mean, you're not going to build a car with something made out of rubber. But as Marcus said at the start, you might want to interface some part of that robot with humans or with something with a, a soft structure, a soft living thing. And um, we're feeling that what we're building here could provide act as an interface. But we also believe that it could find some interesting uses, uh, which are literally off the planet. We're thinking that these extremely soft robotic devices could be scrunched up into small volumes. They don't, won't cost a lot of money to put them into space because they'll be ultra lightweight. They could work perhaps as parts of planetary rovers for the future. That's where I see a possible niche application for the sort of robots we're building. Thanks, Ian. And that was Ian Anderson from the Bioengineering Institute at the University of Auckland. And we also heard from postdoctoral fellow Marcus Henker. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at RNZ Science. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.